inches. Three dead ends. Three, <laughs> three dead ends in one and corridor. It's just a white corridor that ends. <laughs> it looks hygienic and it still smells like I urine. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Site Visit, a podcast dedicated to engaging architecture everywhere. Noises and escalator noises. I thought there would be a lot of people down here. I thought there would be crowd noises. I'm Ashley Bigham, and I'm joined by my co-host Eric Herman. Eric, what do we do on this podcast? We visit a site, and then we talk about it. Exactly. Each episode of Site Visit begins with a visit to an architectural site chosen by the guest, and follows with a conversation centered on the experience. To keep up with the latest or to see photos from these site visits, follow us on Instagram, that's at sitevisitpod, or visit sitevisitpod.com. Today we're joined by Kelly Baer, partner at Baer Ballier, an assistant professor of architecture at the University of Illinois at Chicago. This episode of Site Visit was recorded live in the Chicago Cultural Center, which is currently playing host to the 2017 architectural biennial titled Make New History. On today's Site Visit, we're going to discuss our recent trip to the Chicago Pedway, a complex network of underground tunnels, bridges, and concourses connecting an assortment of skyscrapers, transportation hubs, and department stores in the central business district of Chicago. Development of the Pedway began in 1951, and today it links more than 40 blocks and 50 buildings. As we discovered, there are many dead ends, construction zones, and closed corridors in the Pedway, but we managed to find joy in the many twists and turns, getting a little lost, and especially in the conversation about Kelly's current practice, which is often focused on lines, thresholds, and endless interiors. We began by asking Kelly why she chose the Pedway for today's site visit and how the space has piqued her interest. Kelly, Chicago is rich with architectural monuments, landmarks, places that people identify the city with, but you took us to a very special place. So if you could talk a little bit about your selection of this location and what kind of intrigues you about it. So we went to the Chicago Pedway, um, which is a, a system of tunnels and sometimes street level, sometimes skyway uh, bridges that connect uh, the main business center of Chicago. Um, and when I was thinking about where to go with you guys. Uh, it, it is difficult because Chicago is a kind of treasure trove of, of points or moments in the city, all of which are, are beautifully rendered up underneath in poster-sized photographs uh, that are presented in the Pedway, <laughs> places you could be if you were outside and above the ground. But, um, but anyways, I thought it was interesting to um, take you guys uh, in some ways to all of those points vis-a-vis uh, -vis a kind of single line. The idea that we could kind of enter a network um, and maybe not necessarily see uh, all of the main points um, and even the kind of mundane uh, everyday points of the city that most people that live or work in the loop deal with, but uh, that we would see a kind of abstracted version of those buildings or those moments through their, uh, their the versions that exist of them underneath the ground. So the Pedway offered a kind of abundance of, of multiple points and also thinking about this as a kind of moving interview. Not so long ago I read the, the Steve Jobs biography. In that repeatedly there's a kind of discussion about how he does all of his interviews like or all of his conversations like his kind of like hirings and firings and deals and kind of best conversations um, by going on walks. Um, and so I thought it would be interesting to be a kind of on an active walk um, with not necessarily destinations in mind, but 
to sort of meandering through this weird network under the ground. So we should also just define what a pedway is. That's not maybe it's not even a, a common concept for people who don't live in a giant city such as Chicago, or maybe even there are large cities that don't have a pedway system. So the pedway it stands for pedestrian walkway, and essentially what it is is a more or less completely climate controlled. Uh, interior uh, that's mostly underground. It consists of about 40 blocks in the downtown center. Um, and then there's a couple of other kind of satellite moments where it occurs as well, just uh, south of the of the main line, which is where we met this morning at the Monadnock building, um, which was actually the original or one of the first um, uh, connective tunnel moments was between the red and the blue line, uh, which is right there near the Monadnock building. Um, it was closed, well, not that particular tunnel, but that kind of part of the pedway uh, was closed today, so we couldn't do it, which was actually sort of perfect that, like, our first, my planned first stop was, you know, a big construction, red construction tape that said closed. It was great to start with a dead end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was very telling. It Just set us up for what would happen next and <laughs> right. next. Yeah, and, and really shows it also as a piece of infrastructure in the city, a really large piece of infrastructure that I'm sure is constantly, parts of it are being uh, renovated or under construction or expanding or it's like any good piece of infrastructure in the city, it's constantly changing. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, it's interesting because like we did a little research on it before we came and uh, one of the only iconic images we could find is this moment where I think we we're near like a, a metro center where there's a series of like Pave lines on the ground that imply very strong movement and make it clear that you should be moving in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. But I imagine it being like a much smoother, continuous space, mm -hmm. but it's not. It's kind of like an ad hoc collage more than a line. And I thought that was completely fascinating. We should maybe describe like the kind of vignettes, the different like moments. It spans yeah. everything from like a grand hall at City right. Hall down to essentially like service corridors. Right, right. I'm kind of glad I didn't prepare for this. Like, I'm glad I didn't know it any better than I did because um, I think it's really kind of indicative of uh, the way that it's conceived and the way that it's laid out for us to kind of constantly be coming up against these weird um, dead-end moments. Um, but if you look at the plan, and it's also maybe important to note that there are no, the plans, let's say you find maybe five plans of the Pedway. Yeah. Um, they are all different. Um, and so there's a, a kind of city one that you can download. There's uh, the I think the, C, the Chicago Architecture Foundation, I think, even does a tour. Um, theirs is different. So they're all sort of different. Um, and so the map is not so useful. Um, yeah. We found that out the hard way. Um, but also, I think what's funny is, yeah, you don't really have, there's really no moment except the on the kind of north to south where it runs along the... Uh, I guess it would be the west side of Millennium Park. That seems like it would be a kind of straight shot and super clear. Um, though, I would say that what we found there is that that was the least clear and seemed like the shortest run that we did. <laughs> so there's a lot of these kind of mm -hmm. idiosyncrasies in terms of what you view and plan and what you actually experience when you're down there. It results in kind of a lot of strange uh, broken legs uh, and also these kind of strange uh, crooked appendages that come off of the... I guess what you would call it a kind of central line of the headway. Christy Valley and my partner and I are, were working on the problem of the line in, in architecture. Um, and so this idea of 
uh, these kind of strange intersections of lines, these sometimes moments of like overlap of lines. Um, to me, this is a kind of interesting instance of that. And one, one thing that maybe ties into the work too, from what I've, we've, we've been seeing is this notion of the line being a volume, mm -hmm. which right. like this is, this is definitely an example of that. And did you feel like this is also something that might reverberate with the work you guys are doing? Definitely. Christy's been working on, in her previous office ballet studio, uh, has really kind of capitalized on volume and in particular like excessive volume. So kind of large volumetric spaces. I think what's interesting too and kind of where we start to overlap is uh, the idea of the threshold between interior and exterior. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, one of the ways you could think of the pedway is a sort of endless interior or an interior with many ends but no kind of definitive end. It is a, a volumetric line in the sense that you inhabit it and you never really understand it from its exterior, right? Like it's, it always kind of registers as an opening at grade um, at the street level, uh, but we never, we never actually see any backside of it. And it doesn't at all correspond to the grid that is the street level above, which was also, you know, when I, when I was reading the description before I visited, I said, oh, it's 40 blocks. Okay, so it must look like 40 blocks, right? right? It must right. be laid out in a grid, mm -hmm. but then when you look at the map and clearly when you experience it, how we got lost so many times right. is that sometimes it cuts straight through blocks or it cuts diagonally through blocks or it kind of wraps around maybe follows a few landmarks it kind of follows the outline of millennium park at times but then mm -hmm. also those both of those ends dead in so mm -hmm. um, it's not a figure that you could kind of complete the circle so there um, it it's, looks more like a snake on a right. map with like many many heads and many tails mm -hmm. um, rather than kind of and then there were even moments where we had to go up to street level cross a block to then go back down because right. there were these like uh, little ends that don't uh, connect fully underground. Yeah, there's a lot of these kind of just spurs that end and that like we're looking at the map now together that uh, Kelly printed as our tour guide for us. She printed <laughs> the, several copies. The, the useless map. The useless map and it is useless but it does give you the observation that like this thing is not yeah a set of discrete lines like it doesn't look like a subway system it looks mm -hmm. like a kind of patchwork right. um a kind of incomplete network like mm -hmm. there was a grid at some point and then like 80 percent of it got dissolved mm -hmm. um you use the word it looks stitched it looks yeah. like the city's been kind of like sutured together yeah and you and that leads back i think to your comment about like a lot of people i think do use it for like shortcuts. So they experience very small parts of the network. I don't think anyone does the insane thing we tried to do, which right. is actually use the uh, these little uh, discrete shortcuts as like a path. Right. But when you do that, you do experience something that's, it does have like an interiority, maybe like you think of like junk space or like the kind of terminals and airports, mm -hmm. but airports are still too smooth. Like they right. do have like a lot of different programs, but there's a kind of smoothness to consistency in the interior. This is like a true collage. You go from a space that's completely just a service corridor to like an intense MARTA station and into a mall, which you only get an anticipation through the smell. Which, right, right. if the world above, if the street is about the like Flanor and his like vision, <laughs> the street below is about the Flanor's nose because yes. there are so many smells this space and they're the only thing that cue you what's coming next. Let's also describe some of our favorite moments and kind of what exactly the Pedway looks like. So when you get down there, 
it's there was a lot of tile it's sort of like endless hallways that might be various shades of beige and white and yellows and neutral colors um, it looks like kind of 1980s shopping malls interiors with with um, those kinds of finishes but um, what are the other characteristics of being in the space mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, uh, I'm sure we all had our favorites down there, um, but I think the, that is intentional. Um, so the Pedway, the initial part of the Pedway was started in like the early 50s, like 51, I think. Um, and it was right around the time when like suburban shopping malls were, were the rage. And so I think that this was a, an attempt by the city to kind of bring um, that type of experience because it really is commerce driven. Like the majority of what we saw today are coffee shops, restaurants, retail, a ton of laundromats and shoe places. And gyms. So and many gyms. underground gyms. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, I, yeah, no, I think that there is there is that kind of mall, mall equality to it. One of my favorite moments is actually uh, just below here, where we're sitting, uh, which is the Cultural Center uh, entry. And I, I like it because um, as a building, it's a, it's, it is a pretty iconic building in the city. Um, yet its entry from the Pedway is completely like reduced to an elevator that pops up and it is in some ways kind of magnificent because those doors open and you know Eric's like taking videos the doors <laughs> open and close but the doors open up and you're confronted with Anya Jaworska's um, bright yellow kind of it greets you as the as the doors open and you're there's no kind of airlock like you're you're in the Pedway and then you're in the cultural center um, and so and it's kind of a fascinating moment. Um, but I especially like the pedway below here because uh, what it does is it tries to abstract or kind of reduce some of the architectural qualities that you would find yes. in the cultural center. So uh, as you come, as you go reverse and you enter the elevator down to the, back down to the pedway and the door is open, um, you're confronted with a kind of um, extruded, uh, circle that's a drop ceiling that's supposed to be, I think, reminiscent of the, the Tiffany Dome, um, or one of the Tiffany Domes um, in the Cultural Center's ballroom. One of the things that really strikes me is that there are times when the iconicity of the building above, like, penetrates mm -hmm. into, through the ground, so you get that at, like, I guess the Federal Center there is that uh, mm -hmm. Daly Plaza, yep. or, yeah, where, like, uh, yeah, so City Hall obviously is a very distinct moment. I love in City Hall there's the row of there's huge banks of elevators that take you to all these different amazing you know little uh, government offices and at one point there's one that goes through floors one through seven and then there's other one just labeled headway <laughs> which we took and leads to not a kind of grand space that feels like part of that but just leads to like a, a corridor where there were a series of construction workers moving a lot of uh, barricades <laughs> like i don't know if that's controlling headway traffic, but it was interesting how at times, yeah, you, through the kind of changes in the architecture, you could imagine what the world was above this, like, right. subterranean area, but in other places, there's no acknowledgement of right. any kind of change happening above, so that's, it's a weird thing, like, some buildings have enough identity to make it down, but when they do, as you were saying, they get, like, really abstracted right. and really reduced and more, like, economical, more details that are, like, easier to manage, things that they don't want to, like, have a lot of maintenance of. Um, I think my favorite moment was just the popcorn, uh, the Chicago <laughs> popcorn, and I, I because I think on that the, it on the high end of the spectrum. on the high end of the spectrum because I <laughs> scent yeah it, on the delightful high end, scent. delightful scent and I think that that's like that is a business that gets it like it understands what the Pedway is about mm -hmm. and but they're just trying to produce 
the most intense <laughs> uh, smell. And it's something that actually, like, when you're in the Pedway, it becomes, uh, like, at one point we smell pretzels. But uh, for basically, like, a block on either side, it intensely smells of popcorn. And I think it's, like, a business that has really, like, learned to leverage uh, the fact that it's a lot of stale, stale uncirculated air. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so that was kind of a highlight for me. I expected so many... Uh, noises and sounds and hustle and bustle and, and all this stuff, but instead it was so quiet. They were very, we were there, um, say, 11 a.m., where it was not rush hour and it wasn't really lunchtime traffic either, so it was very empty, but I, it was so quiet that we were having great conversations. Like, just as you say, the Steve's job kind of walking and talking, like, I think the motion of walking does, like, kind of help your mind. Um, move and so we were in always in the middle of these great conversations and then we hit a revolving door and it and, and we pause the conversation until everyone gets through the revolving door or we kind of continue to kind of drop sentences around the door as we go and um it just kind of crushes the crushes the fluidity of it yeah. and revolving doors that are not between an exterior and an interior but between an interior and an interior which are several doors removed from any kind of actual exterior right? yeah um, in the weather in Chicago today is about 20 degrees, so it, it makes the Pedway really relevant as, a, as an urban space. It makes total sense when you have uh, the windy weather of Chicago, but um, there, are, there are so many revolving doors um, there that it's a bit strange yeah. as an experience. And yeah. for as, as for as clear as the city is above in terms of like when you're in public space and when you're not, this is a really ambiguous territory, which makes it like really exciting. Like at times, you don't really know if you belong. Yeah. And then you'll right. see like a Pedway sign, which what I love about the Pedway signs too is that they are in no way helpful right. in terms of wayfinding because the logo is arrows pointing in every direction. Right. It's <laughs> so, a compass. It's a so, traditional compass, which again, the Pedway is not oriented north, south, east, west. It's completely yeah. right. does its own logic. So the, the, the icon being a compass also doesn't help. And it always feels that way in the Pedway. Like you can just go any direction and, and you'll end up somewhere. And we also, we had this comment, I just wanted to bring this up because I think like it has to do with that sense of ambiguity and what belongs to what in terms of the architectural identity. I think like if there was a murder in the Pedway, it would be a jurisdictional nightmare. <laughs> like I just feel like it's one of these classic, it's like the bridge, yeah. but like on a whole different level where there's like a body found in the Pedway and like you got the state guy in, he's like not my jurisdiction, you got the Macy's the security, County, you got yeah. the pretzel stand guy security, like it's just... Right. It's a very like contested space potential. Also, there will be no witnesses. I mean, there, right. there, there were many many parts of the Pedway where you could we would do three sixty look around and you don't see another person. And then also at the Macy's there was a pub or a bar mm -hmm. which had a brick exterior, well brick wall uh, which went actually into the Macy's, not really facing the Pedway. The uh, the facade that was facing the Pedway was not brick actually. So so we are kind of interior exterior condition and then you were noting that sometimes they bring tables from the pub out into the pedway to feel like an urban street so right. there's also this kind of like replication of urban life or mm -hmm. the anticipation that or the kind of social life of of a street might filter down into the pedway but it sounds right. like it's not very successful right yeah i think in that instance it's super interesting because the the pedway is thought of as the exterior right and so the, the kind of weird suburban Brick pump facade is actually facing like the kitchenware department of Macy's or something, right? right? So, right. Like, yeah. um, it's a, yeah, it's a 
that's a kind of weird moment. Um, it reminded me a little uh, of the work you guys did uh, uh, in Detroit recently for mm -hmm. the for the, for the Biennale, where you had the the post uh, post office uh, site, mm -hmm. and you inserted a number of interiors mm -hmm. into an interior. And I, I was just curious, like, um, maybe this is just like a nice lead-in to maybe talk a little bit more about that project and this kind of fascination with different levels of interiority. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that project was, it's a, it's a large 26-acre project. Um, we're mostly, well, I would say about 50% of it is a park, um, which is an empty park, and then the other 50% is a, a million square feet of post office. Um, so it's a really large building, and... Um, there was a, a kind of attempt in the beginning or a kind of first gut instinct um, was to, to, to take it down, but it's actually in pretty good working order, like 50% of it or so is, is still in operations and then the majority of the postal, other postal services like distribution and things like that have moved out to the suburbs there. So um, for us it was kind of interesting to see what we could do with actually working with existing stuff um, and not just start from a kind of top of the process. So, um, so in that particular project, um, we work with kind of additively uh, working in the park zone and then kind of subtractively working in the, in the building. Um, Christy and I kind of always go back and forth on whether or not that's actually a subtractive move when we do that. I think for her, it's actually a kind of additive move of um, injecting volume into a, into a space which is not really voluminous. It's a uh, kind of concrete slab. Uh, building with some large spaces, but um, our idea was to kind of produce um, kind of larger connective volumes, um, and also we changed a lot of the program. Um, I think what's interesting, and maybe as it relates to the Pedway, is uh, the way that it registers at the facade of the building. So right now that post office, which is still in existence, um, is really just a large kind of uh, boundary or kind of barrier to the river. Um, that's the other important thing about that site is um, it was the only riverfront site of the uh, 12 that were in the Venice Biennale. And so um, for us, it was important to see like how we could actually break that mass down. Um, and so the kind of insertion of these surfaces or these volumes and also a kind of dramatic move of, of literally shearing the back of the building um, on an oblique. Um, which allows, uh, in some parts of the building, they remain very deep from mm. the front facade, and in others they actually become kind of like parapet thin um, or partial wall thin. Um, and so the, the kind of registration of like how deep one can see into a building or through a building, um, how a building can be a kind of screen um, versus a kind of you know, barricade was, was of importance in that project. Um, and I think in some ways, you know, the Pedway the Pedway has different levels of permeability. Um, I think we see like a lot of permeability in the kind of commerce or retail areas, but as you get into you know the courthouse zones and things like that, it tends to feel heavier and, and obviously much more blocked off than uh, than some of the other more like, either civic or uh, retail spaces. Yeah, no, that's a really good point because I think if, if you step inside of a lobby on the street level. Uh, you're going to be asked what you're doing there, right. and you're going to be asked to leave if you kind of dwell. Right. There was never a moment in the Pedway, even when it felt like we were like penetrating right. <laughs> into like uh, you know um, secure employee-only spaces in these buildings for yeah, maybe like for vault. maintenance. Yeah, yeah. There was like a vault door with no lock, even. Like it, yeah. yeah, there was some 
really surprising I because I kept waiting Cook for County vault uh, records or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, there, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Some offices that liquor think, appeal, yeah. liquor <laughs> license appeal. Yeah, right. yeah. The yeah. And I kept waiting, as you're saying, like I kept waiting for someone to ask us to leave, especially because we were taking pictures and yeah. kind of like giggling and pointing around. It's okay. amazing. It's really lovely to hear you like talk about how that project worked because I've always been struck at the insistence, and I don't think that my reading on it is that it's not a kind of um, uh, kind of preservationist move to hold on to the building. It's a it's a it's a stronger um, uh, inclination about engaging the real, which I think is something that you guys mentioned even uh, on your website, just talking about like oh, your approach. So in, for me, like what was exciting about going to Pedway is that it didn't feel like architectural escapism into like something that we just like kind of cherish and universally is a is a kind of um, accepted masterpiece. This was a place that like is potent with a lot of the themes in your work and feels like a place where you could actually do some work. I mean, another another theme that maybe crosses over between the Pedway and the Venice project to be specific, but even other things that we're doing now is the is our interest in not just a building, but actually the in-between of buildings. And so um, on the other kind of side of that Venice project in the yard where we worked more with, uh, through an addition of buildings and pavilions and things like this, um, those are always kind of considered in the round and, and having uh, or producing a kind of difficulty in terms of finding a front, right? Like you'd have to kind of traverse these things in the round in order to find the cracks by which you would enter into. Um, and so I think the, in some ways the Pedway it is not a building, right? It's a kind of connective tissue between buildings or important moments in the city. Um, and I think in that project, that was really important for us to not just kind of, uh, first of all, propose a kind of singular large building on the site, but to actually allow it to be um, kind of porous and to, to make of equal importance, you know, walking between buildings. As I understand, you're also doing a few projects in Chicago currently mm -hmm. that are interiors, yeah. also interior projects. And I'm curious, just one, like working in the context of Chicago, a city that you have lived in for many years, um, and then also kind of working at those two scales, because as Eric said, you know, previous projects have been working at the urban scale or the kind of architectural urban scale, and then going all the way to a kind of interior scale, how you continue to work on the same issues of architecture, the same interests, mm -hmm. and how they carry through maybe at multiple scales, and then also within a city, again, so rich with architectural history. I always, I've been saying recently that um, we're like an office in reverse, so we, <laughs> we did a you know large urban master plan. I mean, we didn't build the large urban master plan, but we kind of studied that as a problem, and, and then you know our most recent thing was like a three-minute animation or an exhibition of 16 by 16 inch things that go on a wall um, and so the uh, it is kind of nice to be scaling back up now um, and starting to see uh, maybe at a more human scale kind of one-to-one -one human scale uh, how some of these things can uh, manifest themselves in the real world with the real client uh, the projects you're talking about in particular are, uh, client projects um, the, the good news is that one of them is uh, intentionally being designed for kids, so it's a kid's play space. 
Um, and so I think a lot of the, the ways that we work and the way that we kind of think about architecture is um, ways of engaging different audiences. Um, and so, uh, you know, the kids, the kids space project is, is kind of ripe for that. So we'd also like to mention that you're one of um, five finalists for the MoMA PS1 uh, Young Architects Prize, um, which happens at annual competition every year, and you're kind of working on that. And if you want to say anything about, I know that project is ongoing and, and <laughs> secrets and some, <laughs> you know, top secret in the architecture community. Um, but you know, if, are, are there things that you kind of take from these spaces, like the Pedway or this idea of networks or idea of landscapes that? Um, that you might currently be working on either in that project or in just your other current work um, with your partner? Yeah, I mean, I already mentioned the, the kind of interest in, in lines, and I think the Pedway, uh, the Pedway offers us, uh, in contrast to, I think, Eric, your, um, your description of like the airport uh, efficiency and kind of smoothness and um, in some ways elegance, right? There's a kind of like ease and efficiency in the in airport systems and things like this and I I think the Pedway offers us a kind of idiosyncratic way of uh, moving through things but also moving around things um, and so uh, we're, we're interested in that um, we've been looking at um, kind of odd the, the production of odd lines through uh, using virtual reality as a kind of medium um, to both control and also uh, ease the control of how lines are produced in three-dimensional space. Um, and so the Pedway, I think, relates to that, one, in its quirkiness, like its kind of uh, strange abilities to like double back or find an odd angle in space that we may not perceive, I mean, as architects, I think we perceive them also in section. Like I think it's one way to think about the Pedway as a, um, a kind of flat, you know, planometric thing, but actually it's, it would be amazing to kind of trace a section through that thing. Um, and so the, that kind of oddity of um, compilations of lines and um, how lines relate to each other to maybe produce a, um, something as simple as surface or something, you know, that's more kind of related to uh, mass as opposed to, um, you know, remaining a kind of singular space. I think yeah. that it's funny because maybe to like even be, uh, to, to call more attention to our current location, we're sitting inside not only the Biennale, but actually the mm -hmm. exhibition yeah. by friends at um, Design Company. Design Company. Yeah. And they've done some work on the grid uh -huh. <laughs> in Chicago. And I think I'm looking around and I think that what's interesting about the line and the grid is that in the past, like, uh, 10 to 20 years, the conversation has been a lot about like networks and connections. And the line is always abstracted to the point that like as you zoom in, it stays thin. It never gets thick. You keep zooming in, keep zooming in, and it's just a direction and a connection. Um, and I like the idea that like if you were to just even like make a volumetric model of headway, you just like filled it with water, it's like chunky. And right, like right. and doubles back on itself and at times like the headway folds and that's what creates a larger space. And, Really excited to see what you guys do with that because I think what I really appreciate in the work is this constant focus on 
thematics that are fundamentally about a realization of, uh, of architecture. So it's like the obsession with volume. You know, it, you guys deal with it um, in a really, in a highly conceptual way, but it also always results in a strong architectural effect. Um, and I'm very excited to see what you're going to do with line because I think it's something that's been taken for granted for a while. Uh, of meaning a certain kind of thing and, and being more a figure of notation in architecture than actually like, being spatialized or volumized. It's very exciting to hear you're working with. Yeah, we're, we're excited to see where it goes too. It's funny because the I mean, part of the, the interest in the line too and stemming from this, the kind of mediums that we've been using or trying to experiment with um, materializes the line um, in a way that you know we haven't really looked at before. So moving it a little bit out of notation and do a kind of physical material thing that has um, traits or characteristics that you know might not be associated with like adrenaline line, for example. So yeah, hopefully there's some productive, some productive stuff. I had never really considered the headway as a precedent. <laughs> it is now, and now you have. Kelly Bear, thank you so much for taking the time to bring us to the Pedway and for joining us in this wonderful conversation. To see pictures of the Pedway and images of Kelly's work, visit our website. For Eric Herman, I'm Ashley Bigham. Thanks for joining us. Site Visit is hosted by Ashley Bigham and Eric Herman of Outpost Office and is produced by Matthew Schulman.